Welcome to Last Weekly, where we talk, laugh, and sometimes bitch about the highs and lows of the past week. This week, we have a lot of news to cover, including why are America's favorite dad and America's favorite stab on Twitter? Should celebrities keep their clothes on in the cloud? Are the Avengers cheating at their endgame against Avatar? Why is San Francisco trying to ban smokeless smoking? And what's in a name? Plus, movie and trailer reviews during Trailer Talk and much more. I'm Kevin Williams, and I'm going to be recapping the week with two incredible co-hosts. First up, Anthony Tone Show Nunez. Oakley Dokley. <laughs> and our new featured co-host, who will be joining us once or twice a month, welcome to L Weekly, Chitachi Egwu. Yay, it's me. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Uh, tell uh, the uh, the Last Weekly fam a little bit about yourself, Tanchi. Well, hello, Last Weekly family. Ooh, tongue twister there. Last Weekly family. My name, as Kevin said, is Chatachi Egbu. I am a media professor, a filmmaker, a media content producer, and I am a journalist, and I am super happy to be here. Also, don't you co-host a five-star rated podcast called TV, <laughs> called TV Channeling? Here the hell we go. Yes. I'm also <laughs> half of the TV twins, the co-host of TV Channeling. No, sorry. Five-star rated podcast, TV Channeling. I apologize. I did not do the plug correctly. Yeah, I've heard so many good things about that <laughs> podcast. And, and, and your co-host in particular. Some say he is hysterical. So Some say he makes the podcast. <laughs> anyway, so, so Tachi, let's move on to the week. What was going on on Monday? Okay, so on Monday, social media was still buzzing about two of Twitter's most infamous users. <sighs> O.J. Simpson's surprise Twitter debut came days after the 25th anniversary of the murders of his ex-wife and her friend. And for those of you that are too young to remember, maybe you're millennials, the one-time football star and current convicted armed robbery ex-con was accused of the June 12, 1994 killing of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman. While the 71-year-old was acquitted of the murder charges, Brown and Goldman's family sued him in civil court for wrongful death winning a $33.5 million judgment. The vast majority of this judgment has never been paid. So when Simpson posted a video of himself saying, I got a little getting even to do, quotes, most of Twitter, the Twitterverse was shocked and confused. And before social media could unclutch its collective pearls, disgraced 81-year-old former actor and current prison inmate Bill Cosby posted a Father's Day message on Twitter. Hey, 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 it's America's dad. I know it's too late, or I know it's late, but to all of the dads, it's an honor to be called a father. So let's make today a renewed oath to fulfilling our purpose, strengthening our families and communities. Angelo Pudding. No, I'm sorry, just added that. <laughs> with, with Bill Cosby's 3.4 million followers and O.J. Simpson's 770 plus 77, sorry, 770,000 plus. Did the concept of shame quit social media or was it drugged and murdered by Cosby and Simpson? What say you? All right, Tone, you take it first. Wow. Um, 
I, 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 I love hearing Tati's voice on last week we first off. Um, second, <laughs> I'm going to say that what happened to shame, honestly? There was a time where if you did something, you went into a hole and you crawled in there and you died there and you stayed there. But there seems to be this question that people keep asking about cancel culture. And I don't think this is the same as cancel culture because I, I think cancel culture is basically where somebody says something out of turn or something, someone has done something that is offensive. Here we're talking about criminality. And I feel like there is no time for cancel culture to end in this case. They should just basically, uh, some people are saying, oh, they should come back to social media and they should be able to give their, no. If you did, if you serve your time and you get out, okay, you served your time. You you you, you paid your quote unquote um, time to society and you're due to society. But that does not mean that you're allowed, you know, a voice in so and a voice in in popular culture and social media. Period. Like I don't think these people should be allowed any voice whatsoever. I really feel like they're. Uh, I don't like to use the word the, the, the word tone deaf anymore because I uh, I've recently found that it's offensive to people who um might not be able to hear. But it's definitely missing um. A uh, uh, sense of I don't I don't even know how to put it besides saying it's tone deaf and I don't like that word but it's it's just it's just ridiculous. Wow. Okay. Um, wow. First of all, thank you for schooling all of us about the tone deaf thing being an offensive yeah. term. I had not heard that that uh, people had an issue with that. All right. Um, for me, with this story, my issue there's a couple of issues, but one of my issues is with the followers. And that's why um, the, the number of followers were mentioned in the synopsis of what's going on here. I am absolutely stunned that OJ Simpson has been on Twitter for 15 minutes and he has over 770,000 fo- uh, plus followers. Who are these people that are following him? Who are the 3.4 million people who continue to follow Bill Cosby? What the hell is up with that? So where is their shame? So not only is Bill Cosby and O.J. Simpson missing shame, everybody who's following them who isn't a reporter and has to for their job, I don't understand why they're following these people. I'm completely baffled by it. And um, O.J. Simpson, what bugs me about him, this whole scores to settle thing, apparently he's been DMing. There was somebody who did a parody account of him, and he's uh, or somebody in control of his account. I can't say him for sure, but DM'd some uh, uh, some knife emojis and made some comments about the fact that I will find you. So I think he's holding true to form on his uh, Twitter debut. So I have a real problem with this. I don't know if some people want to start a petition to have uh, Twitter drop them. I don't know if they can drop them. Other people have been dropped for things that they've said, but I guess Bill Cosby hasn't said anything particularly offensive on his Twitter account other than still mistakenly thinking that he is America's dad. And that's another thing. That term America's dad reminds me of the whole King of Pop thing that Michael Jackson actually called himself and made it catch on. He made <laughs> he made fetch happen because America's dad is probably something that one of uh one of uh Bill Cosby's like uh you know press people came up with. You know, his uh, uh press manager or something came up with that term and made it kind of you know made everybody else start using it in uh in the in pop culture but i don't understand how how delusional you have to be to still think after you've been uh 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 uh, convicted of drugging and raping a woman not to mention the more than 50 women who have come forward saying that you did the same thing to them and still try to call yourself america's dad and you're tweeting that from jail just 
I can't. I just, I cannot. What, what say you, Tanji? So let's pretend for a minute that I actually gave two dams about any of these individuals, okay? Let's just pretend. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, let's go back to the whole thing that you were talking about, Kevin, in terms of the followers. There could be a number of things. Now, A, you're right. There are probably journalists that are following them because they need to know what's happening at every turn. B, there could be people think about how many people you follow and how many people you forget you follow. Maybe you forgot there's some people forgot they were following them. And it's not that they're intending to follow them, that they just are right. They, they didn't take the time to go back and unfollow them that, you know, it just is uh, that some people are not. So what I'm on following you. Yeah, there's a lot of us that are like that. And some aren't. I think. Okay. Go ahead. I have to interject to say that the, maybe you can you can argue that with Bill Cosby, but uh, O.J. Simpson is brand new. He hasn't been on on uh, Twitter for a week. Yes, yes. So those, those people those people aren't people who forgot they followed him back before he was stabbing people. No, I'm not talking about O.J. Simpson. I mean Bill Cosby. In yeah, the case okay. of, yeah. In the case of O.J., let let me clarify. So I mean Bill Cosby with that one. In the case of O.J. Simpson and Bill Cosby, there are people that supported that did. Were you not watching during the whole thing? Yeah, but how come they're only doing it now with Bill Cosby? What about such and such? What and same thing with OJ. Well, no, I don't think he did. There are supporters that were there before social media anyway. And so these are the people that will still support them. There are some people, and I'm not calling them evil. Please get, get, I'm not saying that. But evil always has supporters. Boy, you're not calling them evil, but I am. I just, okay. yeah. I, when you're... I, I think, yeah, I think their deeds are dastardly. Their deeds are evil. I, I would hope that they try not to be evil people. You know, I'm looking at the lawyers in the corner now. So <laughs> I'm trying to be, you know, civil here. But, it, you know, I think that going on to why they're – why? Why? Bill Cosby has been there for a while. But with O.J. Simpson, who gives two dams? Why are you trying to make yourself relevant again? And, and, and what is this going to do? Great. So you have a whole bunch of people following you. You think that's going to give you an endorsement? You think you could go back to selling orange juice? No, sir, you can't. So I, I don't understand the purpose, except that this is um, a cultural thing of that we all need to be seen and heard from. You, Bill Cosby was clearly told by the public, we don't need to hear from your behind anymore. Yet he comes on on Father's Day to give some rubbish Father's Day message because he has this need to be seen and relevant. I, I, bye. Boy, bye. That's what I have to say. To <laughs> <laughs> well, when it comes to cancel culture, I actually want to cancel all these people that are following them. I, um, I am genuinely stunned. And as far as those people who forgot they were following Bill Cosby, yeah, the moment that message popped up, you needed to click unfollow immediately. I blocked OJ, and I wasn't ever following him. I just when he, when I saw him pop up in my feed. I was like, uh-uh, no, I don't, I don't, whoever liked this or looked at this or commented on this, I don't need to see him. Uh, thank you, next, in honor of Ariana Grande, who, if he had the chance, he'd probably stab her too. All right, Tashi. Oh. <laughs> so, what, what was going on on Tuesday? Hmm, okay. So, on Tuesday, actress Bella Thorne called Whoopi Goldberg's comments about her nude photo sick and honestly disgusting. 
This controversy started on Saturday and Thorne, when Thorne posted explicit pictures of herself on Twitter. And she explained that for the last 24 hours, I no, let me say it like in her. For the last 24 hours, I've been threatened with my own <laughs> And she decided to share them preemptively. It's my decision now, and you don't get to take another thing from me. I can sleep tonight knowing I took my power back. Thorne wrote this on Twitter next to screenshots of a text message of text message conversations with the alleged hacker who said he had nude pictures and videos of her. And he said like this, yeah, I got nude pictures and videos of you. While discussing, <laughs> while discussing Thorne's decision on Monday's episode of The View, actress and show moderator Whoopi Goldberg said, if you're famous, I don't care how old you are. You don't take nude pictures of yourself. Once you take that picture, it goes into the cloud. It's available to any hacker who wants it. And if you don't know that in 2019, that is an issue. I'm sorry. You don't get to do that. On Tuesday, Thorne addressed Goldberg's sentiments on Instagram, and she wrote a note. Dear Whoopi, I've loved you for so long, but honestly, I'm so displeased and saddened. But <laughs> And leak is spelled L-E-E-K. Blaming girls for taking a photo in the first place, it's sick and honestly disgusting. So, to the both of you gentlemen, do you think that Whoopi was victim shaming or potential victim saving? What say you? Okay, first of all, I'm giving you a standing ovation <laughs> for that reading. <laughs> Which was insane. Also, Bella Thorne, she's already posted her angry tweet about you and how, tri- <laughs> how you trivialized her victimhood with that voice. Girl, but it was it was insane. So um, I'll take this one uh, first to say it, I, I'm I don't understand how we've gotten to a point where saying something that absolutely is logical is now being called victim shaming. Um, she went on to say even more on, uh, she did a video that she posted on Instagram where she said things like, I don't really want to go on The View anymore because I don't really want uh, to be, I, I'm not going to do the voice. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want a bunch of older women, uh, women, uh, I don't want to be, I don't want to be, uh, beaten down by a bunch of older women uh, for my body and my sexuality. I don't really feel like that. So I'm going to cancel my interview because I don't really want you guys talking about your views to young girls because it would, uh, it would not, I would not want my daughter uh, to learn uh, wait a minute. To learn that, and I would never say that to her. Okay, I'm done. Shame on you, Whoopi. Shame on you. Shame on you for putting the public, uh, putting that public opinion just out there like that for every young girl to think that they're disgusting uh, for even taking a photo like that. Shame on you. Uh, saying if. You take sexy photos uh, that then ba- then it basically then you basically deserve to get leaked. Like, uh, don't be surprised uh, um, at all 
and don't feel sorry for yourself. So if I go out to a park, uh, to a party drinking and I want to dance on the dance floor, do I deserve to get raped too? Because to me, I see those two things as really effing the similar. And you know what? No, they're not effing similar. What I don't understand, which basically this has happened to so many young women in particular, where they've been hacked, uh, the likes of Jennifer Lawrence, where pictures of them, uh, new pictures of them have been uh, released onto the net by people who hacked them. And by saying, you know what, when you are a famous person in particular, when you do this, the odds of this happening are pretty high. So you need to maybe think twice before having new pictures of yourself on your phone or on the cloud. And another thing, honestly, this girl is, what is she, 22 or something like that? She sent this to her boyfriend. But let's just be real. This Odds are that this guy that she's been with for 15 minutes, who's her boyfriend, she he's not going to be her life partner. How many times have we seen with even regular people revenge porn? When you're sending out new pictures of yourself, especially when you're famous, they are a commodity. And so saying that, yeah, you need to be aware of this. How can you not know about this in 2019? I don't feel like that's shaming the victim to say that. And when she talked, when she drug rape into this, I got to say something that's always bugging me. People try to say this whole victim shaming thing. You have the right to put on your underwear and go to Central Park at three o'clock in the morning counting $20 bills. And if somebody attacks you, it is still a crime. But I don't think it's a good idea to be hanging out in the park at 3 o'clock in the morning counting 20s in your underwear. Now, am I shaming the person that does that if they get attacked? No. But I'm saying it's not a good idea. So it doesn't mean that the hacker isn't still a criminal and he shouldn't he should still go to jail for what he did, even though she let him off the hook. Um, She said that because he's like a teenager that she doesn't want to destroy his life for this mistake. But he's apparently hacked other uh, female celebrities. So this whole attack that she did on Whoopi Goldberg, and she took it so much further, saying that Whoopi was saying she was disgusting and these older women were uh, basically body shaming her for being her being sexy or something is absolutely insane. What do you think, Tone? Wow, um, I think you hit. I think you hit a lot of nails on the head. I'm actually. I thought I was going to have an unpopular opinion by uh, saying that I don't think that Whoopi said anything crazy. Um, Whoopi said something very similar to what my mommy w- would tell me uh, when I was younger, um, in the, uh, being uh, a young Spanish man in the Bronx. She would say, "Hijito." No salga ya fuera con tu cadena, porque te la van a quitar. And that basically means, my son, don't go outside there with your chain, because somebody's going to take it from you. So we had this whole thing called tucking. Anybody who grew up in the 90s was about tucking. You go outside with your chain, you tuck it if you see the danger come, or you tuck it if you're going somewhere that's kind of shady, so nobody will take your chain. So no one's saying that you can't have a chain. No one's saying you can't take, you know, a, 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 a selfie in the nude. We're just saying that you have to take certain precautions because there's people out there who will try to take your chain or try to take your nude selfie. So Whoopi said, I didn't think at any time she shamed anyone. She was just saying basically a fact. If you take a picture, it goes into the cloud. 
and the cloud, then you have no, you don't know who has access to the cloud or who has access to your information. And I think by saying that, she's not shaming anyone. She's basically informing the public. And it looks like people need to be informed because it keeps happening that you need to take extra measures if you're going to take a, a selfie in the nude. Uh, another point that I want to make, um, I'm not, I don't, I don't um, think it's attacking the victim. Uh, at all, and I also would like to say that when she said that she's not going after the person who did this, I, I, um, I think it's again the victim's choice if they want to press charges or not. But by not pressing charges, um, it allows this person to think that it's okay. This person should may, be made an example of. They should find this person. They should take his picture, and he should be charged with something. So other people who are young, because she's just saying, "Oh, he's a young man. He shouldn't be charged with this." Um, should know that this is not acceptable. This is this is not acceptable behavior. So if anyone should be mad about. We should all be mad about the hacker, um, not exactly Whoopi, who's trying to inform people of the hacker. And, and lastly, um, I feel like a lot of times people get all riled up and they get all tribal and online. I was kind of shocked how many people were like going at Whoopi's head. And again, I don't think if they took time to read exactly what Whoopi said, it, it wasn't it wasn't being uh, attacking or shaming at all. It was just basically stating a fact. But people get so tribal and there's so much acidity online. That it, the conversation got away from who it should be about, and it's about the hacker. What do you think, Tachi? Oh wait, before before Tachi says something, I, I want to clarify one thing you said, Tone. Mm-hmm. That uh, Whoopi did say that you, if you're famous, you should not be taking nude pictures of yourself. At least not ones that are going to be on any kind of cloud-based thing. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, do, do they still make Polaroid film? Because if they do, you need to take pictures of yourself at your house and then that that stay in your house but again but when you your boyfriend already saw you so i don't understand that's one last thing i will say before i let tachi tachi talk sorry tachi but it's what is this idea that you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend and they're away from you for 15 minutes and you got to basically send them nude pictures to keep them interested that's not going to stop him from looking at porn by the way bella so if he's if if he needs to see a picture of your breast when you're away for 15 minutes to keep him like on the hook then you need to let that fish go all right, Tachi. Well, from this conversation, you know, just from the comments she made, the initial comments, I was like, okay, this girl's a little off. But then when you read further as to what she had to say, I'm completely convinced that this girl doesn't have the sense that God gave two smashed ants. I've I never heard am- that one. Okay, use that one. <laughs> I am livid with a T once I'm hearing this that you will give that sicko 17 year old a pass but then go in on Miss Whoopi how dare you and to me this is I hate to do the generational thing but there's that lack of respect that comes with, what, what, what made you give him a pass when he was the one that wronged you and then you're coming after Miss Whoopi, who said nothing wrong. She's just saying facts. Hashtag straight facts. That's all she said. (laughs) But here's the thing. She doesn't want to be told what to do. And there are some millennials and some younger generation that don't want to be told what to do. So she's saying that you can't tell me what to do. And my thing is like, okay, I get if you, you know, you want to take these pictures of yourself because of empowerment or whatever. But how empowering is it if you're doing it for your boyfriend? rather than yourself sit down and have a thousand seats i i'm just with the girl bye how about that (laughs) even if i wanted to feel a little bit sorry for you i don't because you let the your uh, attacker off the hook 
when he clearly did something wrong. So he will continue. There is no there's no punishment. He's going to continue to do it. You're not even messing with him. So that was that's the first mistake. Then the second mistake is you go after somebody who's just stating facts, wasn't disrespectful about it, not saying anything per se about you. The bottom line is, look, if you're famous, you have to expect that people are coming for you to look for you doing something compromising or wrong. They constantly do this. How often do phones get hacked of uh, celebrities? How often do people... Mm -hmm. The paparazzi is around all the time. So if you really thought that this was something that could not be discovered and you have it a cloud-based system. Let me just keep, let me just keep quiet now, but uh, yeah, throw by. Yeah. No, and another thing about the hacker, she said that he sent her uh, pictures of other uh, celebrities knew right. that he got off, images off their phones. So we know that he's done this before and with no repercussions coming from this, he will definitely be doing it again. I'm not going to be like, there's maybe he would. No, he will do this again. She's part of so, the problem. She has become now part of the problem. So don't tell us anything unless you are willing to take this individual down. You don't give a damn. You just give a damn about yourself. Bella Thorne, Hella Bourne, whatever. Bye. Yeah, and so basically you can do it. No one's saying you can't. It's just saying that if you are going to do this, then you have to know that the odds of, of this uh, these pictures being leaked out or whatever, or you being threatened with blackmail about whatever you put whatever you have on your phone is very high when you're a famous person. And and also just for regular people too, honestly, women when it comes to sending new pictures to like boyfriends or whatever that you're seeing, honestly. There are websites dedicated to uh, where guys post pictures of exes. So don't let that happen to you. If you are, you can see it in three, let them see it in 3D, but you don't need a picture. You know, you could, that's, there's a little thing called imagination. There's a little thing called memory. If you can't remember, if you can't remember uh, somebody's rack after you've touched it, then you need to get to a doctor because something's wrong with your brain. It's so much better in 3D anyway. Exactly. All right. So what was going on on Wednesday, Tachi? Wednesday, let's talk Avengers. The Avengers Endgame is somewhere between 40 and $50 million away, depending on where you get your numbers, of course, from taking the number one spot for the highest grossing movie of all time from the long reigning champion, Avatar. I'm trying to do like Kevin. Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> and how does Disney's Marvel... Disney's Marvel juggernaut plan, plan, excuse me, to surpass Avatar's two billion, seven hundred eighty-seven million plus total. Well, with the re-release of Avengers Endgame next week in theaters, of course. So before you watch Spidey's Far From Home the week after, you can rewatch Endgame and this time make sure to stay for the newly added end credit scene as well as some more bonus content surprises. Now. Some have argued that the movie is or the move is genius since the events of Spider-Man Far From Home take place after the events of Endgame. So a refresher watch might be just what Marvel intended with the re-release, but others squarely place the reasoning for the re-release on the take on taking down James Cameron's James Cameron's long blue record holder. Whatever the motivation is, the one thing that is possible is that we might have a new box office champ when it's all said and done. So, guys, what do you think? Is this cheating on Disney's end? Couldn't get the job done then in one, so here's the second wave. By the way, let's just mention that with Disney's acquisition of Fox, 
this is technically friendly fire since Avatar is now a Disney property. What say you? Wow. <laughs> Avengers. <laughs> um, I, I, I just, I'm just in awe of all that Avengers Endgame has accomplished. I'm also in awe of James Cameron. People have, really have to give James Cameron. Remember, James Cameron, uh, Titanic, like the man knows box office. And I'm not talking about popcorn box office. I'm, I'm talking about like fantasy, like deep romance box office. So Marvel was not able to accomplish it with their first release of Avengers Endgame. They came so close um, that they're taking the second shot. And I do believe it's to take the title. The only thing that I find bittersweet about this all is that it's Disney on Disney. It's friendly fire. Um, Avatar being now a Disney property ever since the purchase of Fox. Um, it seems kind of petty in a way. Um, but I'm definitely in for it. I, I'm, I'm hoping that somehow I can get a babysitter so I can go watch the re-release and I can see all that great bonus footage. What do you guys think? Okay, this is BS from start to finish. Yeah. I don't even... I, I am just... I, I am so annoyed with you that you're going to actually go give them more of your money. That money should go into your child's college fund. Take all my money. This is this is beyond stupid. They're going to basically tack on like maybe four or five glorious minutes of outtakes mm-hmm. and people are going to give them another like 13, 14, 50 dollars is crazy. And the uh, what what bugs me about this is Avatar had one release. They didn't like, "Oh, Avatar the remix, check it out, y'all." No, it was just like this is this movie period and i hope that if they do get the record with doing doing this that there's an asterisk because honestly one thing that bugs me about how they do this whole movie scoring and this movie record thing is bs to start with it's because it should be based on how many tickets were sold not dollars made because if you have a movie like oh, gone with the wind will see my way more people than something like avatar Endgame. but because of the fact that ticket prices keep going up because of inflation to say that oh this movie made more money than avatar but yeah how much were avatars tickets compared to how many tickets are being sold to see avengers endgame my guess is there is a difference is a decade or whatever uh more in time so yes the prices are higher they're selling less tickets and they're making more money while doing it. So it is not impressive if they manage to get Avatar's title. I wasn't impressed with them beating uh, beating Titanic. T- look at how long ago Titanic came out. So this whole kind of record thing is BS. If you want to impress me, tell me how many tickets you sold compared to these other movies. And if you sold more tickets, then, yeah, I'll take my hat off and I will take several seats. But until then, you take those seats. All right, what do you think, Tachi? (laughs) Maybe I'll sit down, too. Um, (laughs) Wow, Kevin. But I have to agree with you. I think the whole thing is absolute nonsense and rubbish when it comes to that. Uh, We're talking about how many years ago was uh, Avatar. You can't really, in today's dollars, put the same price point or the same value on dollars because it's different. Like you said, how how much were tickets back then? Um, yeah, exactly. So I think it's nonsense. And there's, there's this false competition, you know, that's going on here and not just here, but in, in general. And it, you know, in a sense, it's kind of eroding the, the way that the regard for the movie business and the way things are done. It, it's not fair. And we've always known it's not fair. But when things happen like this, it really 
transparently shows what's going on. So I, I agree with Kevin. Now, am I going to go see Avengers Endgame? Maybe. Maybe I'll wait till it comes <laughs> on whatever uh, streaming service is going to come on. We shall see. But yeah, I, I kind of agree with you, Kevin. Wait a minute, Tachi. Have you already seen it? No, I have not. Okay, well, that's different. Oh, You're not a lunatic like Tone who's going to go give the money again. <sighs> To watch five minutes of bonus footage, maximum, maximum. The same footage that he's going to see when he buys the Blu-ray oh, two weeks from now. Well, so, I, don't know. <laughs> I, I, I didn't see Avengers Endgame the first time. so I. That's what I'm saying. No, that's what I'm saying. That's why I am praising you while, while get throwing all kinds of shade of tone. Just, it's, it's just beyond. Again, that money should go towards your child's college fund. And when she's working three jobs to work, pay, work her way through school, I hope she listens to this episode of last week. He goes, oh, my God, Uncle Kevin was right. You screwed me, Dad. Can I just respond really quickly, Kevin and Tachi? <laughs> I give uh, you permission in the floor. <laughs> uh, just let's point one thing out for the people listening at home. Remember, folks, uh, um, Avatar. James Cameron was not satisfied at the time with, with his technology and, and camera. So he actually went out, he invented his own camera. And this is some type of like super HD IMAX camera he developed to shoot Avatar. Um, Avatar was like a 3D IMAX adventure. Most of the tickets sold for Avatar were 3D IMAX tickets. So the people at home were thinking, oh, Kevin's so right, you know, C for C. We'll take this into account, people. Avatar had IMAX 3D tickets, which God knows went for what, like $25, $27 a pop. And I'm, and I'm talking about New York City. Here it could have even been more expensive. It was more like $28.30. And Avengers is in standard definition. It's in HD. It's in high HD. Um, it's, it's in IMAX. So if you want to go ticket for ticket, more people saw Avengers than Avatar. Avatar just has a big old a gross boost from the fact that it was 3D IMAX and people had to pay out the nose to watch it. So I really do think if, again, if we went to see how many people saw Avatar versus Avengers, more people saw Avengers in my opinion. Wait, okay, in your opinion, okay, I thought that you were going to slap me with some hard numbers and I was going to ask you where, where are these numbers coming from? So these are these these are guesses on your part, these numbers. Not guesses, more inferences, educated inferences. Oh, that's called an educated guess tone. And what's the second word after educated? Guess. <laughs> Alternative facts. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, that means a zero and zilch. Because <laughs> if, the, if, if it actually meant something, I'm sure that, that Disney and uh, the, uh, the directors of, of Endgame would have actually said more people, and they would have given hard numbers. I haven't, I've looked, and I've seen no hard numbers on how many ticket sales have been made to actually go see Endgame. When somebody comes up with actual ticket numbers, uh, again, I will take several seats if it turns out more tickets were sold to see Avengers Endgame versus Avatar. People are also p paying to see uh, Endgame on IMAX. Those tickets aren't cheap. They are not free. And also, the second thing is, if they had done it in their first actual run, this whole remix thing coming out again with extra scenes, well, then what's to stop uh, James Cameron from re-releasing Avatar oh my again God. with some bone? No, I'm serious. Can can he re-release? Can he, literally can he re-release it next month with five minutes of extra footage and then uh, uh, to celebrate the the ten or twenty year anniversary of its release and then have its total go up and surpass Endgame? What Seriously? Is it? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Endgame? 
that the end game is already over. You did not surpass it in your first run. Coming back out with some remix and some extra footage is a cheat. You are cheating at the end game. Thank you very much, Avatar. I mean, I mean, you will, you will, you will Thank always you. be, you will always be the box office champ to me. You are my blue buddy. Well, All right, Touch. Go ahead. Here's the thing, really quickly. I think that this second time around should not count. Thank you. I think it should not count. I think that there needs to be for the run, for whatever the run was, that's the time that needs to count, not this made up uh, time. So that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, and it, and if it's bonus bonus footage is added, then it's not the same movie. The, you know, it should actually be uh, with, with this new version of, uh, comes out. That's another thing. Now, when Star Wars came out with the new footage, remember when when there was new versions of Star Wars, the original uh, trilogy Correct. with newly added um, uh, CGI content. Did that go on to the original? Did they add that money, that box office money, to the original total? Well, it's Disney. I I don't know, but I wouldn't put it past them. All right. Well, anyway, you're, get, you're getting major side eye from at least two people here on, on Last Weekly, where one of them, one of us is winking at you with a come hither look. All right. <laughs> so, so tight. Period. What, which, what, one? <laughs> which one? Which anyway. one? Well, we, we know which one it is. All right, Tashi. So, what was happening on Thursday? Thursday, San Francisco moved to ban e cigarettes. So they could soon make history by becoming the first city to ban the sale of e-cigarettes in an effort to protect children and slow the dramatic increase in teen vaping. This measure has to be approved by the mayor, but before that, it faces another final vote. What has happened so far was that the city supervisors passed unanimously a preliminary vote to approve a ban on e-cigs until they are reviewed by the FDA. Juul, which is one of the biggest manufacturers of e-cigs, basically argues that by banning e-cigarettes in San Francisco, they will not stop underage use, but instead they will uh, remove a safer choice for adult vapors who will then have to turn to regular cigarettes. So, to the both of you, do you think adults should have a choice to buy e-cigs if they choose to? Or, no, we need to roll out a full ban for the good of the children. Adults be damned! (laughs) (laughs) oh my god (laughs) okay tone you want to take it first okie dokie um actually no how come we don't give it to the guests first tashi what do you have to say okay well oh well thank you very much (laughs) i here's the thing there is a dramatic increase in terms of teens vaping. You see them all over the place in mm-hmm. high school bathrooms, etc. Vaping, vaping, vaping. They're not necessarily any better than e-cigarettes. They still could, you know, some of them still contain nicotine. Um, they still can be addictive. They're getting them because they taste good and they have these flavors and, and all of that. But health-wise, they're not necessarily good. So I don't know that I'm for an entire ban. I'm not cool necessarily with uh, inhaling somebody else's vapor. Yuck. But um, that may be a little bit better. I'm not sure than inhaling somebody else's smoke. I'm not sure of the health uh, aspects of this. I will say this. I don't think you need to ban them completely. I think you just need to be stricter um, with them in terms of, because here's the thing. 
banning them completely, I do see the point. For people who are trying to quit smoking, sometimes these e-cigarettes are uh, uh, the gateway to quitting. And mm-hmm. so some people really do need them. I don't think an out, outright ban is the way to do this. I agree. I'm actually we're talking this on Kevin. Oh, all right. Um, well, the funny thing is, uh, until I heard this story, I didn't know that the FDA had not given any kind of approval for e-cigarettes. And I don't think it's unreasonable to say that we're not going to allow this to be sold in our city until there's some kind of information. The FDA has reviewed it to see if it's actually safe for consumers. I don't think that's too much to ask. Did the FDA review cigarettes? Well, again, I don't think it's too much to ask. So anything (laughs) like this. So if they have not okayed or or cleared cigarettes, then I think that they could take them off of the street, off of uh, store shelves. As far as I'm concerned, San Francisco is a very progressive place. Um, Honestly, I would not lose sleep about those being taken off of shelves. I would not. I wouldn't either. But I'm looking at it from the point of view that there are some people who do use those to wean themselves off of cigarettes um, and then completely off of any type of smoking devices so then what about okay you know what if they can get a prescription from a doctor then for it or something like that then i I, i'd be cool with that but i don't think it's asking too much to have the fda actually look at it and and also have have there been any studies look at how many years it took before there were studies to that even ask the question is there any danger when it comes to secondhand smoke Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's any danger. I've heard that it releases a, a, a harmless water vapor. It's po- perfectly fine. Is that true? Because that, the person who's selling it to you is the one that's telling you it's perfectly safe. Uh, we've heard the whole perfectly safe thing with cigarettes. At one point, they used to actually have, back in the days when cigarette ads actually aired on television, they had guys in lab coats, actual doctors claiming that, oh, if you have a cold, gonna, what's going to cure a cold? Menthol cigarettes. You know, a, a, just ridiculous claims. So I have no idea if what Jules claims are uh, are if they're even factual in the slightest bit. But the FDA, if it hasn't already, it should look at this. And I don't think it's asking too much to have it reviewed before um, it's being sold to adults and also apparently being sold or uh, getting finding its way into the hands of children. Can I say something really quickly? The thing that you said in terms of getting a prescription, here's the issue with that. That requires going to a doctor. And the overwhelming majority of people, I shouldn't say the majority, but many people who smoke, if you look at them and you look at the statistics, it, it indi- they indicate that they're from lower socioeconomic uh, st- strata of society. Okay, And so now you're, ask, you're adding an added cost on top of that, asking them to go to a doctor when maybe they're not on Medicaid. Maybe they don't have health insurance. That's an extra cost for them to go to the doctor to get a prescription to do this. That's where my problem lies with that, because now you're involving the healthcare industry, and there are already so many problems with that. Okay, Tachi, you know what? If you're already in a lower socioeconomic strata, why would you start taking something that's an addictive thing that costs a lot of money? Say that's, that that money should asking why. No, Tachi, that money should go towards educating Tone's child. Again, the college fund is, is going without. He's spending money frivolously on seeing movies multiple times. So, yeah, Good not night, cool. Tachi. Good night. <laughs> not cool, Tachi. All right, Tone, do you have anything to say? Um, I'm, I'm a New Yorker, and I'm from a very liberal, very progressive city. 
and San Francisco is akin to that. And I I know the pain when your city tries to do something crazy, like when our mayor Bloomberg at the time tried to criminalize soda and make it put a ban on two liter soda. And and the whole thinking behind it was like, well, we're gonna help people in a lower socioeconomic strata, as um as Tachi says, and we're gonna um you know do do better for people because they can't make good choices for themselves. But this is America. And I didn't agree with that soda ban. I feel like if you are a red-blooded American, you should have a choice if you want two liter or if you if you're one a fifty cents can, which they don't even have anymore because damn. So I don't agree with San Francisco banning e-cigarettes. I do not. I think that people who who ban things they end up involved in the criminal system, and that's going to hurt people again from from lower income society. If you put something by banning and make it illegal. Um, we had that tragic case here in Staten Island um, where a man was selling Lucy's and he ended up having contact with the police and the man ended up dying uh, because we, we made it criminal to sell Lucy's. And I don't think you should criminalize cigarettes. I think especially e-cigs, if anything, you can tax them. You can raise the price on it, make it uh, unachievable for younger people to actually buy these on a continuous basis. But then I guess you would also um, kind of make it harder, like Tachi said, for people who are trying to quit smoking, because this is a gateway to like actually quitting smoking. And I think um, that's what we, we should focus on. So if anything, there should be more education. And I feel like the city should go after Juul and other manufacturers and make it so they make these things either uh, less appealing for children by um, getting removing the flavors like they already started doing, and also making so Juul starts kicking in in some type of ad campaign and other manufacturers that say, hey, these are not for kids. These are meant for, these are meant for adults and, and grown-ups and more education. But criminalizing things uh, basically just makes more problems for people, especially people who don't have access to good lawyers. So I don't okay. agree with that. Okay, Tony, I got oh, so many comments to make about that. First of all, there's no such thing as secondhand soda. So it's not the same thing, Tom. <laughs> you mentioned the whole, you compare the soda, this to a this soda, is like band, soda. But there's no, but it is not like soda because there is, there is, you, you can drink all the soda you want and your teeth can, every tooth in your head can fall out. But diabetes. I can sit right, I can sit right next to you as you get diabetes and your teeth fall out and it will not affect me in the slightest bit. So it's not the same thing uh, about. Well, when people get diabetes, you, you're talking about the health system. You talk about the family's inconvenience as well as the person who's sick. So it affects everyone around that person when you're getting ill. No, not the same. Anyway, um, and but I agree with you with the idea of uh, of uh, Jewel uh, uh, having to try and do something to try and curb this more. But as far as educational thing, by trying to get make sure the kids know this is for adults. This is for adults. Nothing makes things more attractive to children by repeatedly saying this is for grownups. <laughs> so I don't know if that's gonna work. What out. about grown up prices though? No, I agree with the grown-up prices. I feel like uh, uh, charging them through the nose and make it more expensive. And for those people that have lower incomes, again, do not get sucked into this 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 stupid thing where you're paying money out. It's an addictive product. It's designed to be addictive. It's designed it's designed to make you keep spending money on it. A lot like Avengers Endgame, uh, <laughs> designed to make you keep paying money. This will be over and over again. Don't fall into the trap. All Can right, I say something really yeah. quickly about the uh, the soda thing, and it it in a way it is it is related. And it's the same thing. So tone. Thank you, Tachi. I, I get it. I, I think it's the same. It's the same type of thing. It's it's legislating what people can do with their bodies, and I do I do understand that. However, here's the thing with with the soda thing, um, in which it's different. There is there is a cost to other people. You know whether or not you sit there and drink it. Because again, when we look 
at, I don't have the exact numbers, but when we look at the numbers, um, look at the people who drink soda on an everyday basis. Usually, you know, there are all sorts of people drink soda, but look at, um, again, um, socioeconomic status and soda drinkers. And I'm sure there, there is a correlation, even mm -hmm. if a loose correlation there. And so we're now talking about when you do end up with diabetes or you do end up with dental bills that you can't solve or whatever, because of what soda has caused, who's paying for that? Who's yeah. paying for that? We all pay for that. Because if you think about, again, if they're of lower socioeconomic status, and for example, they happen to be on Medicaid, that's not something that they, they pay into it because, you know, they were, they may work or whatever, but so do we. So you also pay your tax dollars also go to that. So we all pay for that. So in a sense, I do understand you're a free individual, but when you do this, and I kind of understand where Mayor Bloomberg was coming uh, out with this, it's not just about legislating what people do with the bodies, but when you do what the hell you want with your body and then I have to pay for it, I have a problem. So that's all I have to say about that. All right. So let's move on to Friday. What was going on, Tachi? <laughs> That was okay. Well, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Tati, to this last weekly. I kind of just ushered you along. I just, well, I'm sorry. I I don't even have time to try. That is, those are not the same things, people. There is no such thing as secondhand soda drinking. Your kid isn't going to get more colds if you drink soda. So no, your kid, your, your kid isn't yes. five. Your kid isn't five times more likely to develop asthma because you drank soda. It is not the same thing. But what was going on on Friday, Taji? <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of soda, there was a a young woman who recently got her PhD from Cardinal Stritch University, and she has a very interesting name. And this story came from Blavity.com. Her name is Marijuana Pepsi Van. I thought it was Van Dick, but it's either Van Dyke or Van, Van Dick. The way it's spelled. Don't laugh. And so <laughs> Twitter users were Too sharing. Too late. Right, I know, right? <laughs> Twitter users were sharing this. And this was like really trending on, on Friday. So again, her name is Marijuana Pepsi Van, Van Dick or Van Dyke. And she recently got her PhD, as I said, from Cardinal Stritch University. And she wrote her dissertation of course, on the subject of black names in white classrooms, teachers' behaviors, and students' perceptions. So as you can imagine, Dr. Pepsi's name has gotten a lot of people on Twitter sharing their own unique experiences with unique names. Why do you think, guys, that parents name their children such unique names in this day and age in 2019? And do you think that naming a child such an unusual name is always a disadvantage? What say you? Kevin? Oh, I thought that you were going to take it first, Tone. It's all you. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. All right. Get um, well, as far as uh, no, I'm not, I don't have a strong opinion on this. Oh, you uh, don't? No, first, no, I don't. First, well, uh, first of all, I, I honestly, I now all I could think of was Barack Obama, Barack Hussein Obama. Um, who became president, and I believe his name was a hurdle. In fact, if his name had been what they called him, Barry, uh, Barry Obama, he would have been president for three, four terms. So um, I do think you can add extra hurdles. It depends on the personality of the person, but I think in general, when you name your kid Marijuana Pepsi, yeah, they're going to have a lot to deal with. They have a lot of strife and hurdles to overcome, and maybe they'll rise to the occasion 
um, definitely if your name is Marijuana Pepsi, no one will ever forget your name. It's not like, oh, did I meet you before? Oh, no. You remember the day that you met Marijuana Pepsi. You will never forget that day. So it's good in that res- in, in that kind of way. But honestly, I remember seeing something about um, when people name their kids with quote unquote unusual names where they're super difficult to spell or whatever or pronounce that that can cause hurdles. But if you if you give your, uh, your child like an unusual name, like, say, Lincoln, mm-hmm. um, then it's unique but people still know what it is and they can still pronounce it and they can still spell it then it's a different kind of uh kind of thing but when you name your kid sean tweaka then and it's spelled with eight q's then it's like "Mm, that's gonna be a lot harder and honestly if we're gonna talk about the race thing studies have shown that when they're even look when people are looking at applications when they see certain kinds of names even certain kinds of surnames they automatically go into the trash those applications sadly so are you adding an extra hurdle for your kid with those names? I would say, sadly, yes. Wow, I don't believe I actually agree with Kevin. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm actually in the same boat, Kevin. Uh, I've seen a few stories some, that come to mind recently. This is the first positive one because it's Dr. Marijuana Pepsi Van Dyke now for you guys at home. Doctor. So, I, call, um, I call her Mary Jane. <laughs> Mary Jane. Doc Jane. Uh, <laughs> So this is the first positive one because I could just recall off the top of my head. Um, there was a story about a, a white woman who had a, a, a name which people thought was uh, more of an African-American name. And she was speaking um, to how her experience was different be- because of that. And I also can recall a story about a woman who got into it with a flight attendant because she named her child um, um, an interesting name as well. I believe it was Absidy or something, something along those lines. And and the flight attendant had a problem pronouncing the name, and and that became a thing. So, um, I I do think that parents should be considerate when they name their children something interesting because it's the child who has to bear the name throughout their whole life. And it, I, I've met people who constantly correct me on the spelling of their name, and I'm more than welcome. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm more than open to pronouncing someone's name the correct way. But sometimes, come on, some of these names is just ridiculous. Like. If you have to, if your name is a common name like Susan, and your mom spelled it um, Suzuni, but it's pronounced Susan, or it's pronounced Suzuni and it's spelled Susan, come on, like I, I, you should consider changing your name instead of correcting every single person you come in contact with. And this is what happened with these people. It's like a burden that they they have to carry. So I do think parents should be more considerate. Um, naming people interesting names, if you're, unless you're like Moon Rover or Moon Lander, like a celebrity. Uh, celebrities can name their kids whatever they want because their life basically <laughs> is established already. But if you're from a certain circle or a certain economic background, name your kids something reasonable. That, that's my opinion. What do you think, Tachi? Yeah, I kind of disagree with both of you. What? Uh, oh, what? Chitachi Egwu has a problem with us having a problem with unusual names? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, when you say something reasonable, usually that means something white and or something anglicized. And I have a real problem with that. Now, I'm not saying that marijuana is the best thing to name your child. I'm not saying Pepsi is. The point is her mother named that and her mother had reasoning for naming her that. And by sticking to it and not going with the, oh, you should change your name. She said, no, because I'm going to respect my mom. That's what she named me. She loved me. And her mother was right there by her side when she got her PhD. So it's clear that she's loved and she wasn't just a throwaway child. I, for the, for a large, for the most part, and because I have a name, 
that it's not, it's not unusual in Nigeria. It's just unusual to Americans. And because Americans often think that they are the center of the earth, they think that every name has to be an anglicized name. And that's what we get tired of. I shouldn't have to anglicize my name I can say your name, and let me give you an example of what I love. Remember that skit with um, Keegan-Michael Key, where he's in the classroom, and he's the teacher, and he's calling out their names, and he's like, hey, Aaron, hey, Aaron, Aaron, I said, hey, Aaron. If people did that to anglicize names, they would know how, because we could easily do that. Sometimes the way things look, I mean, I could say Keeveen, because in other languages, the I is pronounced with an E, right? I could say at ain't honey, because, you know? So I could do that to um, anglicize names too. So while I'm not necessarily agreeing or saying that that's what her name should be, Americans in general need to do better in terms of learning to pronounce and understanding that there are meanings behind mine. I have a meaning to my name. My name first name means remember God, my last name means dance, okay? So there is deep meaning. And to, to and whether it's an African-American name that somebody made up, they did it because of meaning, whether it's because it sounded pretty or it reminded them of Africa. And what I'm tired of is people legislating what black people do with names. It, it's just legislating black bodies, again, by saying, oh, well, name your child Samantha because it'll be easier for them. Damn that! I don't give a damn what's easier for you. You need to learn to confirm the fact that not everybody is going to be a Brad or whatever. This is America, and it's a multicultural country. People come from everywhere, and you damn well better learn how to pronounce all of that. If you're not, you're just lazy. I don't have time for it. So, yeah, I disagree. All right. <laughs> can, can I just... I, go ahead, Tom. I just wanted to, to, to clear something up. I'm talking about Weird and unusual names people make up. I, I don't. I don't consider um, names um, which are from another nationality or a name that's ethnic or a name that's um, a cultural name. Like for example, someone comes from Japan. I don't expect um, if your name is sounds something like would be a Japanese name. I don't think that's anything weird. Or or if your name is French or if, or if your name is um, uh, Ghanaian. Like I don't think that's weird. But I'm talking about people here in America. Who just come up with weird names? Who just sit around saying, "I'm gonna name my kid Ice Cream Cart"? Like that's just nonsense. It's 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 your right, yes, but I think it's nonsense. And there's actually some states I was looking up where you can't name your kids certain things. Um, so um, it's actually been legislated. So I I I do see what Tachi's coming from, but I think it's different between a cultural name or an ethnic name or, or a name from a certain nationality than you just sitting at home thinking, "I think it'd be cool to call my kid Starburst." Oh, I, I totally agree with you, Tone. It's there's a big difference between even to me when it comes to these like made up names that some people might say are more ethnic, as in like Sri Lanka, versus naming your child Kenya or Mandela. So I feel like if you that that I'm cool with those other names that are ethnic or that come from your you know your uh your heritage or your home country, but some kind of weird up made up name. And as far as when it comes to unusual like names i remember hearing a story about a woman who was trying to name her baby cocaine and the nurses would not give her a birth certificate to like fill it out they kept trying to convince her and they kept her in the hospital for like extra days trying to convince her not to you know brand her child cocaine my god now again i'm not saying that when it comes to 
those types of what what are perceived as crazy names. No, I, I get it. But often what happens, and I'm not talking about those. Often what happens is there's they're trying to legislate what, and I'm saying in this case black because usually it's with quote black sounding names. What they do with uh what they do with naming their children, just because you know, and African American culture is a co culture within the society, and if they choose to name their children something with 17 apostrophes and five W's, that is on them. If it has meaning to them, then that's okay. Just like I'm not going to legislate you naming your child Brad or Gunner, and it has the word Gunner. <laughs> I, I, and I hate that name. But if that's what you want to name your child, that's fine. But I think I think this is it. It, it, it teeters on something. There, she's respecting her mother and what her mother named her. And I do. I do see that. And despite that, guess what? She managed to be Dr. Such and Such, and she already has a job. So that doesn't have to be your end all and be all. And you know what? At the end of the day, I would say, yes, be respectful when you are naming your child. But what respectful is for them doesn't necessarily mean respectful for all of us. At the end of the day, when that child gets old enough, if they really detest their name that much, let them change it. Well, okay, and it goes beyond just the what you would call, you know, African American sounding names. But I will say, when it comes to Gunner, he is going to be an action film star. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited for him and his future prospects, and I look forward to going to. I look forward to Tone going to see Gunner's movie several times in a row. So, uh, <laughs> but I remember uh, a friend of mine whose niece was named Kimmy. That her actual name was Kimmy, and I would always think, "Oh my God, Supreme Court Justice Kimmy is entering the courtroom." I just was like, "Why would you curse somebody? Name them of like instead of naming her Kimberly, and then you could call her Kimmy." No, her name actually was Kimmy. So it it automatically made you not take her more seriously. So maybe one day, uh, Judge Kimmy will be on the bench. We have a rapist on the bench so why not an attempted rapist so why not you know somebody named Kimmy so anything is possible no matter what the name but why make it harder if you don't have to that's all I'm saying all right people it is time for our favorite part of last weekly a little thing we like to call trailer talk trailer talk trailer talk trailer talk (laughs) (laughs) all right tone so what is our first victim i mean movie this week well before we get down to the victims in here kevin you gotta tell people at home how do we rate these movie trailers all right the rating system is very complex i worked on it for weeks i was wearing a lab coat at the time it's very 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 complicated so let me explain it all right so If a movie trailer did its job and you actually want to leave your house, put on pants. Well, first put on the pants, then leave your house (laughs) and and go to a movie theater and pay actual money like Tone multiple times to see the same movie. Then you give that movie trailer a movie theater. If the trailer was okay and you think you might check it out one day on a streaming service, then you give that trailer a Netflix But if after you've seen this trailer, you're left bitter and enraged about the fact that you've lost three minutes of your life you can never get back, then you give that trailer a kill. And when it comes to TV shows or TV movies, those trailer reviews are even easier. It's only two options. It's either tune in or turn off. So, like I said before, 
Tone, what is our first victim? Well, our first trailer is Ready or Not. It's a Fox Searchlight Pictures horror thriller. And for those not in the know, Fox Searchlight Pictures was under 20th Century Fox and now is under um, Disney because it was acquired under the Fox deal. So Fox Searchlight Pictures is where the more artsy slash independent films will land on, on Fox. Um, think Little Miss Sunshine, 12 Years a Slave. Uh, more recently, um, the Oscar not the Oscar winner, The Shape of Water. Um, so it makes sense when you watch this trailer. Why Ready or Not is at home there. And I've also said recently, right here on, on Last Weekly, that horror is trendy. And this uh, movie, directed by Matt Benatoli, Open and Tyler Gillette, is horror trendy in my opinion. And those two are not strangers to horror. It stars Samara Weaving, Adam Brody, Mark O'Brien. Andy McDowell, and many more. And Kevin, can you share the synopsis with our listeners? All right. When it comes to Ready or Not, here we go. All right. Uh, A bride's wedding night takes a sinister turn when her eccentric new in-laws force her to take part in a terrifying game. Ooh. Now, that's all you're going to get, Tachi. Girl. (laughs) So what did you think of Ready or Not, Tachi? Well, so we can, we're using the rating system, right? Yeah, you can, you can give us just your thoughts and then end with the rating system, or you can just go right in and give us what your rating is. Okay, well, let me start with the rating system, and then I'll give a little bit of thought. So really, we didn't even have to use that, because the rating is right there. It's Ready or Not, and I pick Not. <laughs> All right, so does that mean you're giving it a kill? Yeah, that would be a kill. I and this this is kind of not fair because you guys know I'm not a fan of horror. I don't like the gratuity. There was just too much. I'm like, really in the trailer, and then all together, it was just too much. I and I I don't know. Something is like off about the fact that you don't you hide the fact that this is what your family does with a new initiate. <laughs> You hide this fact? Mm, something is wrong. Oh, no. Not kill. <laughs> All right, Tone, what did you think? Well, I'm a big fan of the Purge movies. I'm, I'm really into I'm, I'm completely on the other side of Tachi. This is definitely going to be a movie theater for me. I, the, the whole trailer to me was like, it was like a new version of The Purge. And, and I say that as, as a complete compliment to this trailer. And, and as the trailer took us deeper and deeper into this movie, I just kept getting more surprises. Um, the, one of the things about horror that, that could be really frustrating is that you've seen basically there's, there's only a, a, a certain number of scenarios. And I thought this was very fresh, what they brought here. Basically, um, you see this family and... It's it's not the average family that you would expect. It's very trendy the way they did this trailer. It kind of reminded me of um of Get Out and uh and um what's the other movie that that, that had did a great with the, um us us and Get Out. I thought the, the music on the trailer was amazing. I think the music does service to the trailer right here. And I also liked how they kind of submerge you slowly but surely into into the story, and then it completely changed. Like, well, this is not what you thought it was. And I thought that it did that really well. And something else I want to point out, I thought that the the humor was kind of a surprise also because usually when you do horror, you don't do horror and humor. Like horror comedies, they never really pull it off. Um, I think um, Zombievers was one of the few horror comedies that I really enjoyed. 
Um, some people at home are like, what? Yeah, Zombievers. Um, so I, I thought that was really nice. I thought it had a good melt of comedy and horror, and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing this one. And and I also want to point out that um, the only thing that I didn't like about the trailer was that it gave it too much away. There were a couple of kills that happened in the trailer that I'm sure if I had been submerged into the storyline and the narrative, I would have been really surprised. And I'm kind of it's kind of it's kind of a bummer that they showed those two people getting killed in the trailer because I'm sure it would have been a nice shock. So giving away too much in the trailer is the only negative. I think I'm definitely going to be ready to see ready or not. Mm, Movie did theater. We watch the same trailer. So. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, come on. Tell me how, how right I am. Okay. Um, the funny thing is, when you were naming all the different kind of things that it reminded you of, to me, I got a serious R-rated or NC-17 Adam's Family kind of Adam's Family values kind of vibe from this trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And is, am I the only one who, who felt like all of the housekeepers uh, that worked at this estate or manor or compound mansion, whatever you want to call it, uh, I was getting serious uh, uh, Robert Palmer video girls from all of the <laughs> housekeepers. I was just like, oh my God, those, those housekeepers are simply irresistible. But anyway, um, I have to I have to say I'm actually leaning towards tone. I wouldn't see it in a movie theater, but I would definitely give this a Netflix because um they I agree with tone. Also, they gave way too much away. If I can say mm-hmm. anything to people, you don't have to watch the trailer. If you like horror or if you like kind of uh uh like kind of a, a scary thing or a thriller kind of thing, then this is for you because there is a secret about there's some kind of apparently uh ritual that has to take place in this family i don't know if there's ever every so many years or whatever um and it's all tied to this kind of hide and go seek or hide and or not be killed kind of scenario but it looks it, it i actually i was i was entertained by the trailer but i wish i hadn't seen the trailer i wish i could have just gone into this movie blind and just started watching it and been like what in the hell is going on here so that's one of the i guess the tight ropes that people have to walk when it comes to doing these trailers is you want to give people enticed but if you give too much away i kind of feel like i i, I agree the, the kills and exactly what's happening we know i feel too much about the story going in but with that said i would definitely check it out when it's on netflix wow so it's interesting because usually we're either on one spectrum or the other spectrum but here we have one movie theater for me one netflix for kevin and one kill for Tachi. So this trailer is everything to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what's our second victim? Our second trailer is Point Blank. It's an action thriller directed by Joe Lynch with a screenplay by Adam G. Simon. It stars Frank Rillo and Anthony Mackie, as well as Marsha Gay Harden and Tayana Paris. This is a remake of a 2010 French movie of the same name. Kevin. I don't know the synopsis. All right. To save his pregnant wife, an emergency room nurse teams up with an injured murder suspect in a race against time, rival criminals, and renegade cops. So when you guys, when you guys rate this, because it's a, it's a Netflix original film, uh, it's a TV movie, you're going to either give it a tune in or turn off. So what do you guys think? Guess first, Tachi. Okay. So, okay, this is Netflix. So, I would say tune in. It looks very, it looked interesting. Um, 
and this is the funny thing because if it was in the theater, I would have said Netflix anyway. I mean, if it was a, a movie, I would have said that, that would have been my rating. So, yeah, I, I, I would tune in. Um, there's no harm. All right. So, Tom, what did you think? Um, Anthony Mackie, guys, right now is killing it. He's killing it off Netflix. He's killing it on Netflix specifically. Not only is he starring in the new season of Altered Carbon, um, he, he's also in the best episode, in my personal opinion, of the new season of Black Mirror. And he's also going to be in the Disney streaming, um, the Disney streaming services show on um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. So Anthony Mackie's publicist is 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 agent is making his money. His publicist is probably making his money too because I know all about all this stuff. So pay those people. He's everywhere. I enjoyed this trailer. Um, Point Break is clearly a popcorn action buddy cop type movie, and I usually don't like those. I'm not really into popcorn action buddy cop. The last movie that I really enjoyed that. That was like that and didn't have a buddy element to it was Yippie Kaye, uh, Die Hard. Um, but um, no, but this is actually a movie that I would watch. I think it's like Tachi said, it's perfect for Netflix. Um, I would not have given this a movie theater, but on Netflix, I'm definitely going to tune in. And I thought that the Ice Cube song on, on it, like it was, it was so it was so perfect for this type of movie. I would call it this like a low budget uh, version of um of a fast and furious. And I think Frank Grillo is incredibly, uh, um, underrated. I really enjoyed him again in the purge movies, the purge movies, uh, come back. And he also played cross, uh, crossbones in the captain America in the captain America movie. So Anthony Mackie and him are both in the Marvel cinematic universe and they've both been nemesis. So I, uh, the, the chemistry I think is definitely there. Um, I also think that Marsha Gay Harden, uh, I've never seen her before, uh, playing a villain from the little bit that I saw in the trailer, it looks like that she that she is probably playing a villain or or some type of crooked um, person in authority. So I'm really interested in seeing her play that type of character because I've never seen her doing that type of character. And I and I also gotta um, recognize that the director here is Joe Lynch. I've never heard of him, so I looked him up. And the one movie that I knew that he did was Wrong Turn. So that tells me that he he likes horror. And also, um, he he's a music director. You can definitely see it by the aesthetic of the trailer. Um, so I think that uh, the trailer, the way it's cut, the music, and the vibe that it's going for, it's all on the nose. And in this case, it's a, it's a knockout. So I'm definitely tuning in. Kevin? Okay, what is what is the character that Anthony Mackie plays in the Avengers movies again? Uh, Falcon. Falcon. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I wrote Hawkeye when I wrote my notes. <laughs> Falcon. <laughs> all right, one thing I want to say about Falcon. Um, I... I um, the first thing, like my vibe, was that it felt like a high stakes, reluctant buddy comedy action thing. Uh, so I liked that. But I, I agree with you. Their, their chemistry was on point. But to between the two leads, um, I like when uh, at one point Falcon, or because I remember Anthony Mackie uh, <laughs> says said, says that um, uh, when it, during a, a car chase sequence, um, this is some real Grand Theft Auto blink. And then yes. uh, then the other guy was all like, uh, like what the hell is that? And so Falcon says, uh, it's a video game. And the other one goes, like, I'm a grown-ass man. I don't, I don't effing play video games. And then, so, then, uh, so then the Falcon's all like, yeah, maybe you should. We'll help you deal with that rage. <laughs> so I thought that was super fun. 
And there was another fun moment where uh, uh, after another incredible fight sequence, they're um, they're at a gas station. I mean, at a at a, uh, a car wash, and they try to commandeer this old lady's car, and and they like, get out of the car. And she goes, "I have mace in my purse." And then the, uh, the, the, and the other guy goes, "Oh, I have a gun in my pants." And then we it, cut, it cuts to them driving off in her car. <laughs> so it absolutely looks fun. You have an adorable pregnant wife and a good guy that has to uh, move heaven and earth to try and save her from a super evil Marshall Gay, Marshall Gay Harden. Sign me up. I'm all about it. I'm tuning in. I'm popping corn. Yes. Wow. So it's unanimous. Netflix, Netflix, Netflix. Tune in, tune in, tune in. Yeah, make it so. <laughs> yes. All right. What is our final victim tone? Our final trailer is Anna. It's an action thriller directed by Luke Basson. It stars Sasha Luss, Helen Mirren, Cillian Murphy, and Luke Evans. Um, action and femme fatales are no strangers, guys, to director Luke Basson, whose work includes The Fifth Element, um, La Femme Nikita, Lucy, Colombiana, The Professional, Taken and the list goes on. This, this, this guy is definitely knows his stuff when it comes to action. So, what's the synopsis, Kevin? All right, beneath Anna Polavot. Oh, anyway, <laughs> I have no idea how to pronounce her last name. Politovas? Yeah, Politova. Let's call her that. But beneath Anna Politova's striking beauty lies a secret that will unleash her incredible strength and skill to become one of the world's most feared government assassins. Ooh. So what did you guys think? Tony, Tachi. you want to go first? Oh, okay. I, get, I get to go first? Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. go ahead. Finally. Oh, no. So uh, where do I start? Like, this trailer to me looks like watching some of your favorite action movies. And you ask yourself, wait a second, this director is just copying everybody. But no, that's not what's happening here. Luke Passan is not copying anyone. He's just reminding you of all his work. And the man is so prolific. Um, when I checked out his IMDb, I was shocked. I'm like, this man has basically done every action movie that I, that I enjoy. So Sasha, Sasha Luss has, has a scene in this where he basically, she basically goes into a, a, a restaurant and she straight like Black Widows everybody. And I'm, and I'm purposely saying Black Widow because Scarlett Johansson, who started in another a movie of his, Lucy, like this is the type of action that you need in the, in the new Black Widow movie that they're doing. Like she totally takes out the whole restaurant by herself and she does it so seamlessly. Like she really pulled off that scene. I was really like, wow, that's what I need to see in a Black Widow movie. And you, and it's right here before a Black Widow movie. So they definitely beat her to the punch. And and I would say that um, not just is the, the aesthetic perfect for this, but it, I, I, the movie doesn't, the, the trailer doesn't apologize for this movie. It's basically telling you, hey, this is about a woman. She kicks butt. She's an assassin. It has it has uh, Miss Murin in it. And, and basically just this is what it is. And there's no apologies here. And I kind of just take it for that. And I think this is the perfect popcorn um, action movie that you can see in a movie theater. It has everything you will want in an assassin slash um, spy type of thriller. So I'm definitely on board. And um, I like my assassins. And I, this one is definitely a sexy one. So I, I'm definitely going movie theater this one. All right. What about you, uh, Tachi? I love Luc Besson. I am all about the action adventure. All about it. This is that's my actually my favorite genre. And then when I do write scripts, it's usually like an action adventure type thing. I am all about the choreography in that fight scene. 
I feel mm-hmm. myself, I don't know when you, if any of you do this, but when I see choreography, because I'm a dancer, even if it's a fight scene, I find myself moving with where and anticipating where they're going <laughs> to go next. So I, I was like all about that. I, yes, yes, yes. Theater, theater, theater. Bravo. All right. Wow. All right. You guys are very enthusiastic. So I hate to be the one that is a contrarian. Oh. So I won't be one because oh. this trailer was incredibly exciting. Literally, these are the best fight scenes uh, uh, I have seen mm-hmm. since the Matrix franchise. Mm-hmm. And this girl kicked ass with zero special effects. It was a sight to see. When she went strutting catwalk style in a full-length fur coat and a matching fur hat into this restaurant to kill everybody, all I could think was, I dare Peter to throw some red paint on Anna. (laughs) I dare you. I double dare you. It looked incredible. The ass-kicking was absolutely, she was poetry in murderous motion. Mm -hmm. I'm all about it. Sign me up. I want the matching T-shirt. Love you, Anna. <laughs> Hit up my DMs. Let's do this. So, movie theater, Trace, we all three, we agree. Anna is in theaters right now. And as soon as we're done doing the show, I'll be in a theater watching Anna kick some major ass. There you wow. go. All right. I can't believe we were unanimous. Oh, my God. All right. So, We're getting close to the end of the show. So here on Last Weekly, no matter how rough, crazy, or weird the week gets, we like to end it with some of the good stuff. Maybe sometimes bad. So, co-host, what was your favorite or least favorite thing about the past week? Guess first. Okay, I I will. So this is, it's, it's kind of cheating because it was the end of last week, but since I'm new, I will take that liberty. This is, this is Pride Month. And I am in a Zumba class where the, the instructor had a float in the Fort Lauderdale Pride Parade. So we said, oh, okay, so I need people to dance around and, you know, do Zumba routines around the parade. I said, dance, sign me up. It was so much fun. And everybody was so into it. It was incredible. I had, I, and I, the whole length of the parade, which I think it took us like, 50 minutes to get through. I danced the entire time in the heat. It was, it was so much fun. So that was like a highlight. So wanted to put that out there. Okay. I can see why that was your favorite thing. All right. Yeah. Tom, what was, what was your favorite thing this week? Besides hearing that Avengers Endgame was being re-released to kick Avatar's ass. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was really excited about that. And my, I was laying, I was sitting on the couch and my wife just turned to me. She's like, they're re-releasing Avengers Endgame. And I was kind of bummed because I was like, it was like 40 million off. And I was like, they can't beat Avatar. And, and that was going to be my favorite thing this week. But but then, to even make it even better, uh, Kevin Fahey, who's a producer behind all these Marvel films, um, it, it came out that he actually had conversations with Keanu Reeves uh, trying to recruit him into the MCU. So that became this whole thing on Twitter where people were trying to uh, fan cast him into things. They were saying he'd be a great Silver Surfer or, or Namor, so a submariner. So I'm really excited. I think that's my favorite thing, that Keanu Reeves is possibly going to be joining the MCU soon. So that was my favorite thing. What about yours, Kevin? All right. Well, I'm glad that it wasn't the first thing. That (laughs) that piece of crap again. All right. So 
<laughs> All right. So my at first, I thought my favorite thing about the week was something that just happened today. Uh, a judge uh, uh, is appointing a special prosecutor to investigate Illinois state's attorney Kim Fox's handling of the Jesse Smollett case. And that prosecutor will be allowed to bring new charges against uh, Jesse Smollett if he, uh, she or he finds reasonable grounds to do so so that was almost my favorite thing of the week but what had to come before it was uh uh this week harvard university uh uh rescinded its offer of admission to kyle uh i believe it's pronounced uh kasu um uh the 18 he's an 18 year old parkland uh florida shootings uh uh, school shooting survivor and a conservative activist after screenshots of racial slurs and uh uh and and to say racial slurs i need to kind of go into it a little further uh, unfortunately uh uh in 19 in 2017 and uh 2018 was when he uh these these came out so one of the things was he repeatedly typed the n-word uh to the people that were in this group chat uh uh, several times and he said practice makes perfect so really real class act um he also said things like kill all the jews another great thing uh and um also he talked about uh he, he was upset about some girl uh uh only being into n word jocks so shockingly, she wasn't into him. Who, who could see that coming? So a lot of people, for some reason, uh, particularly conservatives, feel like, why can't you know people make m- uh, mistakes in their past and they grow and they change? Why should he be, set, uh, be held responsible or have any repercussions of things he did way back in 2018? <laughs> who even remembers what was happening back in 2018? It's so long ago. Um, and what what bothers me about that kind of talk is that it's never equally applied i remember when um oh my god trayvon martin was killed um these same kind of conservatives were drudging up oh there's a post that he did on facebook where he mentions marijuana is cool or something so he kind of explains why he got shot right he's bad guy marijuana right so it's like wait a minute but now with this kind of case and then with judge kavanaugh oh yeah sure he tried to rape some girl with a friend but you know the kids will be kids um yeah so i am so glad that harvard did the right thing you aren't owed a chance to go to Harvard. And if they want to draw the line at being super crazy racist, I think that's a good place to draw it. So that's why it's my favorite thing of the week. Here, here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we can't do every story, uh, but we do want to cover what you want to hear us talk about. So if you see a story during the week that you want us to recap, or if you want to share your favorite thing about the week, let us know. You can send us a voice message through the Anchor app. You can tweet us at Last Weekly on Twitter. And you can send us an old school email, lastweeklypodcast at gmail.com. And for those of you out there who are Sherry Nova fans, fear not. She will be back with us next week for a tra- all trailer talk special. So come back for that. Uh, I want to thank you so much for listening and for joining us uh, for this episode. And hopefully you'll join us next week because the week doesn't end. Say it with me, co-host, until we we say say so. so. 
All right. Well, we'll work. We'll, <laughs> we'll work on it. We'll work on it. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Cheers. <laughs>